Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Kathy Sippel, and I am your host of CoThrive Podcast. I am here with two special guests today. I've got John Stephen Bianucci and Stephen Donaco. Both are members of CoThrive for Business community, and we have been exploring the topic of conscious business lately, and I thought it would be a great idea to bring these two heart-based entrepreneurs in for a conversation around conscious business. So thank you so much, Stephen and John Stephen, for being with me today. Well, thanks, Kathy. Um, glad to be here. Yeah. You're yeah. welcome, so, Kathy. It, it is exciting to be here with you. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm thinking we all met. I met you, John Stephen, for the first time just about a year ago, and it's ironic that I was on my way to an event for Conscious Evolutionary Chicagoland at the time, and the three That's of us right. were actually at a Chicago Chamber of Commons meeting. So I think both of those events were a little bit, um, for you know, gave us some foreshadowing that this might be coming, right? <laughs> that we were in each other's lives for a reason, and we were gathered around these topics. So John, Stephen, I know you moments for sure. Yeah, exactly. And I was, you know, really fascinated by you when we met, although we had very little time on that particular day last October. I, I know that you left a corporate background to pursue a different path. Can you just say a little bit about your own, let's say, your own call to conscious business, what that looked like for you? Yes. I did leave a corporate path for uh, a more conscious business. I, before I was in that or on that corporate path, I had that was a big change up for me. I had always been on an entrepreneurial path, um, decidedly so. And I made a change, and it ultimately came down to uh, issues of uh, human freedom. And, and social justice and really human rights and really freedom as opposed to slavery. Um, that was about 2010, and I looked at what was happening to the food system and what had happened to the food system and what was continuing, and I might add that it continues to this day, uh, and about the problem uh, what was happening with uh, seed sovereignty and their their uh, corporate uh, takeover, attempted takeover of the seed market, as well as the food market, as well as the ability to know what we're eating, most most uh, essentially. And it, that was a moment for me where I <clears throat> I had to do something. I couldn't go to work that day so to speak. I had to march in the streets. And my way of marching in the streets was to look for a way to get into agriculture and combine my, one, my uh, sensitivity and love, sensitivity to uh, good food and love for it. And I've been eating organically since I was 12 years old. So I was horrified by what had come to be known mostly as food. And um, so I found a company by saying, by, by 
talking about my intention to change, I was able to be told about a company that was uh, providing land access for organic farmers. So I invested in and started to work for a company called Iroquois Valley Farms, which at the time was three farms in one state and a handful of investors and is now over 30 farms in eight states and over 250 investors. And what it does is connect socially responsible investors with local and organic farmland. <clears throat> and I've been the director of impact of uh, Iroquois Valley Farms since for the past almost five years, since 2012. And the consciousness uh, came organically from the founders and from the mission of Iroquois Valley Farms. And we started to express it by becoming a B-certified corporation, a triple bottom line corporation where we promised investors not just financial but also social or community returns, positive returns, as well as environmental returns. So the the, the return socially or community-wise was to help rural communities by helping family farms be strong and environmentally by uh, being all organic. So that's, I love that. that's the way it – go ahead. Oh, I, I just said I, I love that, and I, I know that – I mean that that's your passion, food and working as you do at Iroquois Valley Farms and you you've also I believe started your own line of seeds is that correct? Yes, what the, uh, the company we have uh I, I co-founded called Earth's New Ways uh is working with seeds on a on a number of different levels and uh and also organic regeneratively farmed uh, food products. We have a product called John Stevens Orleans, which is a, a wheat variety. It had never been grown in the U.S. Midwest before last year when we brought it in from Canada, and it worked for farmers in the field, and it's working very well for bakers and their customers now, um, and also working on bringing in more seed varieties to the Midwest from Canada and uh, working with uh, prairie seeds and legumes as well. Uh, and Earth's New Ways is uh, it's a, it's a company that, that looks for uh, products to develop and to market products that have a story that is regenerative for the earth. So it's part of the way that people can uh, People can invest with their with their consumable dollars, as whereas at Iroquois Valley Farms is something to invest your investable dollars with to make a difference. And we really all, as consumers, have to work uh, have to work on, at both levels to really make change. We all have to be very sensitive to that. I feel, and then just to bring it all around, I feel like. The, the food movement is a place where all spheres of social justice and political justice uh, can be expressed and is expressed because everybody agrees what can agree what a good plate of food is. And everybody knows what it is. Everybody wants it for their family. So it's a way for within the food movement because 
if I don't know what's in my food, like what the dark act is trying, still trying to do, and what Monsanto has been trying to do, and the Grocery Manufacturers Association, and a lot of big companies, including Whole Foods, that have supported um, the the dark act, the which is to keep consumers from knowing whether they're eating real food or not, GMO tainted right. food or not. And if yeah. I don't know what's in my food, then I have no rights and I'm a slave. And to me, it comes down to that simple of uh, uh, an equation. Well, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, labeling and transparency is paramount to us having choice, you know, and, and I, I would definitely love to explore that whole topic, I think, even further. <laughs> you, you guys are both extremely fascinating to me. Uh, at this time, though, I would like to give our other guest, Stephen Donaco, a chance to just talk about his, his path onto conscious, yeah. uh, into conscious business. I know that he's very skilled in conscious leadership, and his tagline is kind of, he's sparking the evolutionary advancement of people in groups. He's a courage builder. So, Stephen, uh, can you tell us just a little bit about your path and uh, just some highlights of, of what you'd like to bring to today? Sure. Uh, thanks, Kathy. Yeah, I, I come from a pretty deep, typical corporate America uh, background with a little bit of entrepreneurship weaved into it. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, 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 you know, that experience was uh, very uh, good for my ego uh, when I was younger. And then as I got more seasoned as a professional, um, fortunately, I became a more caring person. And um, I was just, as interested in building up people as I was in building up business. And in a lot of cases, the unfortunate thing was that my experience in large corporate uh, settings was that really people were being expended uh, for the sake of the growing business. So um, actually, you know, I, I, I started to, really consider what my role in all of that was at some point. And, um, you know, I, I regarded myself as being a pretty conscious manager. And um, when I worked for a, a large bank, um, I, I, I consider it to be my, actually my first therapy job, I call it, because, you know, I had a very open door policy and I was very invested in the well-being of the people who worked for me. Um, and supporting them in the best way I knew how um, and um, wasn't trying to squeeze every little bit of their soul. Um, so, uh, and I started down that road and that way of, of being long before I knew what the term conscious capitalism or conscious business even meant or, or that it even was a term. Um, so, the way that I began to resolve um, my the dissonance was that I, I got involved in, in ministry and helping work, and I actually thought I was going to become a professional chaplain for a while, um, and I went back to school and got a counseling degree, um, and I, I did some clinical work for a while, but then as time as time went on, you know, very quickly realized what I really had desired to do was to, to merge my 
experience in kind of the typical corporate America business with uh, my help, my desire to help people, and not just to help people, but to help the world be a better place. Um, and I have kind of morphed what was a clinical counseling practice into a um, what I call a courage building practice, and, and that entails working with um, with leaders. Uh, to help build more conscious leaders, uh, leaders that are not only interested in growing their businesses and, evolve, and, and um, uh, concerned with the bottom line, but as John Stephen pointed out at the beginning, that, that they're more concerned or they're most concerned with the triple bottom line, the idea of uh, people, planet, and profit all have uh, equal weight in the success of a business. And, and sometimes there's a fourth P added, added to that, and that could be presence or purpose. Um, so I, you know, as I work with people who are um, striving to become more conscious leaders, to develop them uh, in not only their leadership at work, but to help them become more fully developed with their own self, um, with their relationships, not only at work, but in their personal lives. Um, and, to truly contribute to a to a better world, a more healthy world well, that, and a flourishing world. Yeah, that, that's great. It does take some courage building, doesn't it, to step off that treadmill? <laughs> the corporate world has a lot of people uh, pedaling along on and and take a different route. But you're you're poised well, I think, to be that courage builder for others since since you were able to do that yourself. So I, I applaud both of you for taking a detour into the triple bottom line world and uh, making a big difference to to your immediate communities and to the global community at large. And I understand that both of you have been kind of bringing both of your areas of expertise and interest together. Is that something you'd like to talk about today? A, a new project? I would love to talk about it. Okay. I- I'm so very excited about it. Can I yeah, go, go ahead right and go ahead. first, Dig in. Yeah, please. Okay. I, I want to encourage people to uh, to explore a relationship with Stephen in his new practice. I have found it extremely rewarding and exciting um, to be, to, to step out and, blaze a trail to state I'm going to become a courage builder professional. I'm going to build that practice. That is a courageous statement to to do that. So Steve is the real deal. And and then the other part of it that makes it really potent is to be building consciousness as a conscious professional. So to build courage and consciousness together, that's enough to make transformative leaders, I feel like. And so I'm having a a terrific experience, um, and we've really just begun with a few meetings, but I I think this is, uh, there's a lot here and that it's a new path and a new framework, and uh, it's incredibly encouraging and inspiring. Well, yeah, and I would add to that. that um, 
Yeah, I, and I appreciate that endorsement. And I also would you know add to that uh, um, that the courage you know that John Stephen is is practicing by embarking on this work with me. Um, because here's somebody you know who is already uh, has has already been building a conscious business and oh. Oh, Stephen, I are you can't there? hear Stephen. Yeah, Stephen, we missed you. Uh oh, maybe he's on a cell phone. Hopefully, he'll be able to join us back again very shortly. Uh, he may have just temporarily lost a connection. But, but that's just such a wonderful endorsement, John Stephen. And I've, I've had the opportunity to work with uh, Stephen in some of his workshops, I believe in a perhaps slightly different capacity than you have. But uh, he really brings a lot of heart. And I, I love that he has recently begun to brand himself as a courage builder because uh, he's referenced, at least to me, the book Power Versus Force. I don't know if you're at all familiar with that book. I'm not. Have you? Tell me it, about it's a that. Really, it's a really good one. The author, and unfortunately the name escapes me at the present moment, but the author actually uses kinesiology to kind of map the body's wisdom from different mm. states of energy and takes no you through kidding. this, yeah, almost like a logarithm of, you know, fear. Uh, fear is actually better than being completely checked out because if you're checked out, then... You know, you're just not even engaged. You're not moving enough. You're not caring enough to make a change. But courage is kind of at the threshold between, you know, some some energy states and then ultimately love. And I know you both, it, it's kind of cool to hear you guys talk about love so easily in conversations that we've had. And, you know, really having that be a term that is not at all foreign to you when you're talking about work. I just think that's so, so encouraging to hear guys, <laughs> you know, guys talking about love. I mean, I, I'd say, you know, I've heard it from women perhaps a little bit more than the males in my life, but I think you guys are really way showers. You're really on the, you know, cutting edge. And love is basically the destination, you know, that we're all kind of trying to, to reach in that power versus force. Love is kind of the highest good. But courage is a really critical step, you know, to move you from other states into love. So unfortunately, I see that Stephen, his call dropped. So he, he it looks like he's joining us again. Let me just hook him back up here. Yeah. Hey, Stephen, we're glad to have you back. Hi there. <laughs> Yeah, we, we learned about we learned about uh, myself and the audience uh, power versus force a book that uh, Kathy was just yeah. recommending. Yeah, it was kind it's of patching patching the gap here, saying that um, you had kind of identified that courage was a vital place to jump the chasm from some lower you know energy states to yeah. ultimately love as a final destination, and that. Right. I, that really made so much sense to me because I enjoyed that book so much. And, you know, I'm not sure if that was completely where you were going with the branding of your, your program, but it, it really made a lot of sense that courage was absolutely vital to get people into love. And I was just commending both John, Stephen, and yourself for so easily, you know, using the word love in all of your conversations, but, you know, not excluding business. So anyway, I'll just let you yeah. come back and comment on that or wh wherever you'd like to take it. 
No, well, well. So first, I would say, like, I really, yeah, I'm really happy that you brought that what I what I call the L word to some people in business too, um, but that you brought in the word love into this because really, you know, it's it, it, the very root of it. I mean, every anything that we do as human beings is is particularly when we're promoting, um, we're supporting one another, we're promoting um, services, you know, we're providing services, we're providing products that we've built because we love doing it, like, you know, craftsmen and craftswomen, um, it's all done out of a spirit of love. So I don't think you can really separate business from love at all. Um, and then I would say, you know, with respect to, to courage, uh, you, you know, you, when I came back, you referenced the book Power Versus Force. And, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's this shift in, like, vibrational consciousness that occurs when, you know, somebody gets to the level of pride in their life and they realize doing things for pride uh, is no, lo- no longer has any energy for them anymore. And, and pride is really not the purpose of life. And when people realize that, then, they, then they're moving, they're shifting in consciousness into a, like a mindset and a heart set of courage. And it takes courage to transcend pride. And that's, that's like, so I'm working with people at that level and above. Right, so we move from courage into uh, like love and peace and oneness are some of the next higher levels. Um, but um, you know, John Stevens already a conscious business person, and you know, I commend him for the courage that he's that he's expressing and practicing in um, in his desire to become more conscious and to continue to expand his consciousness. Because I'm doing the same. Um, as his partner, uh, he's my not only my client, but he's my partner in this, and and we're both expanding consciousness by working together and releasing our pride, uh, so that we can practice more courageously in business. Well, I really love that, and I really value you sharing your story here on the podcast uh, with listeners, and also for both of you being such you know valued community members in CoThrive. I I do need to just tell people. <laughs> It's the sandbox where we get to hang out, and I, I kind of built that sandbox to have a chance to play, you know, with conscious uh-huh. business leaders like yourselves, because I feel that it is a little new for some, and, you know, in order to shine a, a bigger light on the subject and in order to help people maybe fast-track their way into it, you sharing your paths, you sharing your resources, like Stephen's coaching, you know, just people even sharing informally, how can we, you know, be a beacon for people that are ready to make the change? Is there any advice that we can collectively offer for people that, um, you know, are just trying to figure out a way to either bring it into their workplace or maybe, you know, it's even time for them to make a career change and get out of the position that they're in and into something else? Do Do both of you have advice for that person listening? Well, I would say, you know, from my standpoint, um, it, you know, a lot of it is listen, listen to where your heart's calling you, um, and and um, taking a risk doesn't mean being reckless. So, for I wouldn't like wholesale just say to everybody who's feeling those pangs to just go out and like quit your job all of a sudden. Um, some people might be led to do that. Um, it's not. It wouldn't be my first suggestion. However, what I would suggest is that you don't ignore the call of your heart, but really listen to it and discern and um, 
and take a very um, meditative, thoughtful approach about what you can do uh, little by little to to create the kind of of life that you want um, and that that you are yearning to um, to live in support of your community and the world. And as you seek it, the answers will reveal themselves. It, it's, it's something that it's like trust the process, but the, trusting the process when you do it can be a very powerful thing. So that's, that's where I would start. Great, great advice. And what about you, John Stephen? Can you think of anything that helped you along your way or anything you wish you had back, back when you made your change? Yes. Something that something that helped me was we have we have all of this energy that we put into our external goals, these external goals of, of you know personal work performance or company achievement all outward orientations. And then we have frustrations that we're not there yet or we haven't reached that one or it's not time yet to start this one. And the key word, a key word Stephen used is, is meditation. And if we meditate on, on that and, and look inside and listen inside for... Is that really what we're, what I'm, what's important to me? Is this really what's important to me? And if I can get restful enough, an answer might come. An answer might come and say, yes, this is exactly my path. I'm going to redouble my efforts upon it. Or it might be that it's completely different and that that's not what I really want. And I thought I thought that was, but it's not. And then to take a very gentle path of reorienting um, and and be open to question and open to answers from um, from spirit that uh, we could never come up with. I find that that uh, the divine has a much better plan for me than I could ever come up with myself. And even if I think I've written some good ones. It's nothing compared to what my spiritual path has in store for me if I reach and listen. That's that's beautiful. It, it, what's coming into my mind is almost uh, the idea of yoga, you know, co-creating with the divine. And, and yoga mm-hmm. in Sanskrit, I believe, means yoke. So instead of us being willful and asserting our own idea or instead of maybe expecting the creator to do all of it, just really, you know, getting into that co-creative mode where you're going with spirit, you're harnessing everything you've got, but also, you know, tapping into powers beyond our immediate ego self. And, you know, I really give kudos to both of you because I think that's that's where you've gone and that's where you're going to continue to go. And I just can't wait to see what comes of your co-creative work together and your co-creative work within the CoThrive community as well. So I, I think we definitely need to make this a series where we kind of follow the progress 
for both of you, I, t- I think today, to use that seed metaphor, we planted the seed. You know, you've obviously done a lot of work beyond, you know, planting seeds, but I think I'd love to check back in with you and see what you do with your work together as you fertilize it, grow, and just, you know, continue to support support it by working together. Does that sound like something you'd, you'd be willing to do? I would be, yes, definitely. All right. I I love that because I think you guys can really be way showers for others and show them, you know, how they can grow from wherever they are now to that where they want to be. And, Kathy, you are a way shower as well. So there's you. You're very much uh, instigatory in all of this. <laughs> That's the second time I've been called an instigator this afternoon, but I I will take it as long as it's a co-creative instigator. I will I will take it. it. I will own it and love it. <laughs> so I will put links for both of you guys in the show notes. Uh, you can find the show on Blog Talk Radio, Cothrive. That's C O T H R I V E. You can also find us at Cothrive.org. And this show will be listed under Conscious Business Podcast, and we'll have links to uh, both John Stephen and Stephen so that you can find both of them. Uh, And you can also get to me through cothrive.org and request a meeting, and I'll be happy to connect you if you've missed any names or links. I'll get you in touch with any guests that you've heard. So thank you, listening audience, and thank you, Stephen and John Stephen, for being here with me today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you, Kathy. Thanks, everybody. Okay, take care. You too. Bye.